0: to Spooky Season and the Pete the Planner show today. October 1st, 2021. We will terrify you. The financial sins of your past will rain down upon your family for generations. The blood of your financial sins will soil your pants. I don't... This is getting... This is getting weird. Hello, Damien. Good to be with you.
1: Please, Mr. Planner, don't hurt me. Uh, do you like the spooky voice to start spooky season? Uh, I think it's good for once, maybe twice a year. Do you think that we should do an
0: entire show
1: like this? <laughs> Would you like to do a show by yourself? No. I'm going to change the voice effect now.
2: How's it going, Dame?
1: It's good. How are you?
2: I'm good. It's spooky season. Hey, girl. Uh, welcome to the Pete the Planner Show. <sighs> All right, so, Dame, uh, for this week's show, we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about, of course, um, we're going to talk about 401ks this week. We're going to talk about how there's some options within your 401k, and, and people make some weird choices around those, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about unexpected expenses as it relates to things like braces for your kids or maybe your kids are getting married and whatnot. And then also we're going to talk about how to get more creative with your charitable giving. That's what is on tap for today, my friend. Does that sound exciting? Yes. It does. Did you just try to do a spooky voice? No. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, good, because it was a poor attempt. All right. Um, Dame, let me get ready to go here anything you want to add before we get started on this menagerie
0: no
1: i think you've done a a, a adequate job getting us started today all right i hope everyone enjoys the
0: show we're about to begin in three two
2: one this week on the pete the planner show we answer your money questions here's how you know what your thing. I'm actually stopping because I forgot to stop the clock <laughs> or start the <laughs> clock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time you're like, "Man, this thing is professional," then you're like, "No, yeah. no, not one lesson. What, what's the? Never had one lesson." It's true. Okay, in three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works: You email us ask P to petetheplanner.com. That's ask. Pete at PeteThePlanner.com, and upon emailing us, you will receive, I don't know, probably nothing back, maybe an autoresponder. Uh, joining me as always, Damian Dunn. Hello, Dame. Hello, Pete. It is spooky season.
1: I don't know, i just going to tell you, it's spooky season. Oh, uh, sorry, Boo? I uh, I don't know what the appropriate response is. You've got your, your uh, pumpkin spice whatever in front of you? I, I don't know. I, I do not. not. Okay. okay. Dame.
2: On this week's show, uh, we are talking uh, 401ks. We are talking charitable giving, and we are talking about funding weird things in your life, uh, like braces and weddings, and and sometimes because you get the kid braces, they're able to have a wedding because people find them visibly attractive. All right, Dame. Let's begin with a topic that that people often wonder about. People often wonder about, and that is like within my 401k what investment options should I actually choose? So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, Of course, you can build your own. There's three main options, okay? You can build your own portfolio. Like You can make your choices, throw darts, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You can do that, which I would argue for decades is what most people did. Then the second group of people, uh, the second choice you have is something called uh, uh, an all-in-one option or a fund of funds. These days, it's really called a target date fund. So that's another option we're going to talk about. And then there is managed accounts, which we can also talk about that where someone is professionally helping you choose these things. Dame, why don't you take a swing? As we start, we'll go a little round robin. Uh, Take a swing at helping understand the general process people uh, employ when making their own choices for their own portfolio
1: construction. Uh, Most people, I think you already hit it, They look and see for names they may recognize or or topics, you know, whether they they want to invest um, domestically or internationally. They, they just look for broad themes uh, and they, they pick individual funds. However, there are the other options. If you know uh, that you are going to be able to dedicate much time to it and investing is kind of um, um, not your thing, there are other options. That target date fund that you talked about is a common way that are included in almost every 401k these days or 403b as well that allows you to invest uh, your money into one fund, and that's how these are set up to work, one fund, you don't need to spread them out over various target date funds, but you put it into one fund that will then deposit that money into different mutual fund accounts. And inside of that, you will have a very diverse and good allocation based on your time horizon. That's the only thing that goes into consideration here is your time horizon. So the investment company at this point is doing all of the management of your funds for you for a fee that could be anywhere from very inexpensive to maybe on the expensive side, depending on how your 401k is structured cost-wise.
2: I will tag your statement with a couple of addendums. Uh, And that is, you said mutual funds, which is verbally a placeholder for things like ETFs, which are exchange traded funds, or the newer, more, you know, increasingly more popular option, which is called a CIT, which is a collective investment trust, Um, all all sorts of of funds there. Now, Dame, the weird thing is we often talk on the show about giving advice to the masses whether it's uh, in the newspaper or on TV or on radio. The weird thing about giving advice to the masses is you you have to try to give the piece of advice that is the most applicable to the most people. And so when I say the following phrase, I want you to look at it through that lens. And by me saying a phrase and you looking at it, I don't know, (laughs) listen to it through this lens. Wait, through that ear. Anyway, here's the statement. Most people should be in a target date fund
1: reflect? Uh, Target date funds are in there for a reason. Uh, Typically because uh, the company wants to make sure they have a relatively safe and easy investment choice for their employees. There's very little uh, that an employee could do to mess up that investment strategy through um, their own emotional cycle when they're going through uh, their, their career. So they are set it and forget it. Uh, there's there's nothing to do at that point. So should most people be in a target date fund? Um, statistically, statistically, probably because the dirty secret is most people are really bad investors. I, I, I want I have to make another
2: addendum, and it's because I have a, f- a former compliance headaches in my yeah, life. Sure, you said safe investment option, and yeah, and what you meant is. You didn't mean safe from market ups and downs. You meant safe from negligent portfolio selection, right? It's it's safe from the fact that some employee doesn't just go in and have no idea. Just like oh, let's try this, let's try this bottle of absinthe. It looks yummy, right? And and they just uh, do not know what they have done. You don't mean uh, safe in terms of guarantees and things like that.
1: Absolutely not. No, it will fluctuate with the market uh, just as any other investment will. It will go up. It will go down. And if uh, losing value on a piece of paper makes you lose sleep at night, uh, you may need to consider other options.
2: Okay, so I'm going to make a very elitist statement that at least I admit is somewhat elitist, but it's also very honest. Whereas most people should be in a target date fund, statistically speaking, based on what they've got going on in their own financial lives, uh, I should not be in a target date fund. And, and And I say that in a full uh, wave of honesty. I, I should personally not be in a target date fund, uh, but most people should. Um, that being said, I do use an age-based portfolio for my kid's college fund, right? So which which is sort of the college planning equivalent to a target date fund in, I mean, technically it is a target date fund. We're targeting a particular date of which they go to school, but for my own retirement, I do not use a target date fund. Option number three are a managed accounts. And some 401k or retirement plan providers allow this add-on where you can get special guidance by an advisor, by a robo-advisor within your plan to help you create a custom portfolio. I'm not here to say whether those are good or bad, but those are the third option. And if you feel like yeah, it's not even a matter of deserving but if you feel like you need or your situation situation requires specific investment advice then maybe that
1: managed account option is for you. Dame how do how do you view that third option? I think a managed account might be a really nice bridge for someone who's getting close to retirement if they haven't picked out their own financial advisor to work with after they retire or if they anticipate needing a financial advisor after they retire. Uh, the managed account might get them the access they need to um, uh, an advisor who can say, all right, you know, we're on the, the glide path towards retirement. You've got five years. Here are some things that we need to take into consideration. We'll have a more full picture of assets outside of the 401k at work as well. And they can really start to structure uh, investments going forward with the assistance of that advisor. So uh, I think that that would be one really good potential fit for the managed account option. I think my challenge is most people as they think about
2: what their 401k or retirement plan at work strategy is, is they don't have a strategy. And so that's what I'm hoping to maybe get through to a few people here today is that if your strategy is target date fund, great. That is a strategy. It is a reasonable strategy and it will likely get you to a pretty nice place. If your strategy is to have a managed account, fine. It's a strategy. Uh, and you are paying a little bit more, but it's a strategy. And I appreciate the fact that you have a strategy. Picking your own stuff haphazardly on a whim, like you're trying to decide where to go to dinner, not a strategy. And so that's what I want to try to get you away from. Uh, if you happen to know a lot about portfolio construction and and you fancy it, your hobby, have at it. If you just like to read numbers on performance results and you think that should uh, somehow uh, inform
1: you, I would dissuade you from doing that. Yeah, there's a reason why the average investor returns uh, way less than what the indexes do each year is because we can't keep our fingers out of stuff.
2: We really can't. And uh, so here's the thing. We've just entered the the fourth quarter and ended the third quarter. You're about to get your account statement in the mail. Don't overreact and turn your portfolio over because something looks prettier on the other side. With that, coming up after the break, we're going to talk about how to get more creative with your charitable giving. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the show.
0: How was that for a first segment? (laughs) Spooky. How long are you going to let me do this before you just leave this show for the day? Time will tell. Time will tell with the sins of your financial life raining blood down for generations. I'm sorry.
2: I I loved... um, Thundercats as a kid. Yeah. I still do. I'm gonna. Mumra, man. Mumra used to just come out with this scary, and he had like cobweb. When he opened his mouth, you couldn't tell if it was drool or cobwebs or plasma, and he would just scare
1: you. Yeah. I, uh, it's been a while since I've, uh, watched the Thundercats. Was it Lionel? Was that, uh, Lionel? What, what, what yeah. Lionel. Yeah. Lionel's Anthro. a train set. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chitara, which is oh, the yeah. lady. Yeah. Um, Jameson asked if I would do a belch with that voice enhancer, and he says he will never grow up because he would like to hear that. Number one, I'm not a big belch fella, so I can't mm. I can't pull that off. And number two, I feel like my mom would be very upset if I did that. Dame, I watched the entire Thundercat series during the pandemic. <laughs> you know, work from home. <laughs> one day, I just had had enough, and I was like, you know what, honey, I'm watching Thundercats. And she and she looked at me with that look that I've grown to become accustomed to in the last 25 years, and it's. It's a look of disappointment.
1: Well, you know, she's just contemplating choices that she made at a very young age and wondering how things could have gone differently.
2: Dame, uh, in the next break, I'm going to tell you a soccer story that seems made up. I can't wait. It is a hundred percent true. And it is karma to me. Oh, I love these stories. I, uh, people love stories where I end up on the, like, uh, you know, the butt of the joke and by, 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 by the way, this is a big one. All right, let's get ready for the next segment. I'm going to grab this radio show question. Oh man, I love it. Okay, are you ready to go here? Yes, you're always ready. I'm not. Do do do. Okay, I'm ready. In three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, Dame. Okay, so we got a question from emailer Tom. Good day, Mr. Planner and Mr. Advisor. Oh, you're called Mr. Advisor. I guess it makes sense. I'd call you Mr. Concierge. Okay. Uh, My wife and I have moved into a phase of our financial lives where we'd like to start some simple philanthropy. The university we graduated from makes setting up donations and scholarships, funds, super easy. Please give us your money. That's what it says. But how does someone go about setting up, say, a scholarship fund for a local high school? Do I just call up the school district and work it out with them? Is there something I need to do ahead of calling school district? Help me get started in helping others. Stay getting money, Tom. <laughs> you're, you're plucking my heartstrings, Tom. Yeah. Oz, Oz said stay getting money to me the other day. <laughs> she did. Yeah, is, it, is her review coming up? It must be. It must be. All right, dude. Um, I love this question, and, and we will get to the scholarship side of things in a second. But let's begin here. I think a lot more people uh, want to have giving be a more significant part of their life. And what is stopping them from doing so is the lack of creativity when it comes to said giving reflect
1: i mean there are two main ways that americans give to charity either through writing a check or donating some time those are the two main ways and we um can find that being um not entirely satisfactory every time the more satisfaction i think comes from uh the donating your time than certainly just writing a check but occasionally you have uh checks to write and, and not much time to give. So uh, you are, st- find yourself struggling for a way to feel tied into your community, to do something meaningful, uh, that, that is going to make a lasting difference. And yeah, I, I think a lot of people would contribute to a charity if there were, uh, more, uh, satisfying ways to, to do it. I agree. My good friend. And, uh,
2: Business confidant CJ McClanahan had an organization called Two Rule.org, And the concept behind Two Rule, the two rules were uh, uh, give generously and live gratefully, right? And, and, and the manifestation of those two things were to volunteer 40 hours a year. And I'm going to ask you here in a second, Dame, to maybe estimate how many hours a year you think you volunteer. You're you're very active in your mm-hmm. community. Um, and then to give 5% of your income to your community in a way that you see fit. Right. So 5%, at least 40 hours. And, and I, I, I'm going to share mine not as a as a flex. I'm just going to share mine because I, I think it's really hard to talk about these things and then just not be honest with how, how you do it. I, I would say... On average, my my uh, volunteerism is is well north of 100 hours a year, if not approaching 200 hours a year. Uh, and I would say from a, a giving standpoint, we're close to that 5%. We're pretty darn close, if not there. Uh, I'm curious for you. Uh, I know volunteerism has been a big part of your life in various capacities. And by the way, coaching a little league team, it counts. It counts. I mean, you are investing in mm-hmm. children to have good leadership and and learn how to work with others. Those sorts of things count. So, Dame, are, you think you're approaching that forty hours, if not in excess? Uh,
1: I, I'd say I'm probably at least forty hours. I'm I'm nowhere near your levels because uh, I I don't have the opportunities, frankly, on in, in some of those those instances. But um, I'd say at least forty hours uh, in in the community and. Um, We've, my wife and I do give, uh, of our own, uh, own resources, uh, money wise as well. So yeah, we, we've find ways and I, I think, I think you're exactly right. If you can find a, a way to be consistently involved in something, not just a one-off, you know, one day or a few hours a, a year on something, um, it becomes a lot easier if you know it's just something that's scheduled on a, a semi-regular basis that, that you end up going to to do or um, contributing to. Uh, it becomes significantly easier. I mean, you used to do junior
2: achievement when you'd mm-hmm. go into the schools and, you know, back when that was a thing. You know, Still is a thing. <laughs> Still is a thing. Um, I, I would say this before we move on to how to start a scholarship at your local high school, which I'm a giant proponent of. Um and this is, sounds like a very highly critical comment, and it probably is. I think sometimes around this this time of year, people really start thinking about others. You get to Thanksgiving, you get to the holiday season, you get to gift trees, you get soup kitchens, you get those sort of like a thing culturally. It's become this thing, and you want to you want to give back. You want to show your kids how to give back, and and inevitably, what ends up happening is you get this lie. Here's the here's the imagery I'm I'm, I'm trying to share with you you get a line of, of families wanting to contribute to the community at a soup kitchen all to just be able to scoop food onto someone's plate mm-hmm. and it and it's not that that's not meaningful that's incredibly important incredibly generous but but it becomes like oh we have to wait in line for our turn mm-hmm. to try to scoop and then it becomes more about the the giver than the receiver right at that point if, if that makes sense so i urge anyone who says, all right, I'm willing to, to accept that 40 hour a week or (laughs) 40 hour a year challenge weeks, a tad aggressive, uh, then, then, then think more creatively about it. Don't think about, um, standing in line to scoop things at a soup kitchen, although that is needed. And I apologize for however horrible that sounds. Um, There will be other people that do that. But if you want to have a more planned volunteerism, then you can do other things other than that. Now, Dame, I've had a high school scholarship at my high school for 15 years. And it is one of my favorite things in the world. It is incredibly easy to do. So here's what you do. Your school district or whatever school district that you're looking to have a scholarship at has an education foundation. This is a volunteer organization in many cases that uh, gathers all the scholarships within the community and then awards the, the, the scholarships for the community. Because a lot of people, Tom, like you, want to do something like this. And so this is an office that coordinates all of that. So you need to go and find whatever school district you're looking for and then look for like their foundation. And their foundation is who, who can help set this up for you. And depending on what school district it is, they will have a really developed mechanism for this or it will be something that you can help them develop. And it can be as simple uh, as a couple concepts here. Number one, Dame, I wanna talk about how endowed these things are. Uh, that is to say, Maybe you just want to donate $25,000 and then permanently, the way that money is managed, uh, someone will get a $1,000 scholarship every single year and it will just be awarded. And that's considered to be perpetually endowed, okay, at the $25,000 level for a $1,000 scholarship. Or and simply do what I do, is every year you just pay the scholarship. I didn't endow my scholarship. I just write a check for it every year and, and some kid receives it and... So, Dame, I'm curious, having that, had that explained to you, and you already knew that, by the way,
1: does that seem like an accessible way to get involved with this? And, yeah, totally. If it's something that you are interested in, and it doesn't have to be a school scholarship, You know, go to a lo- your local community foundation, too, and I'm sure you could come up with a, 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 a target that, that you are passionate about and something that you want to try and encourage the community to continue to participate in. And if you figure out what level you can uh, contribute to or or, uh, gift to and and the Community Foundation would be happy to help you set that up.
2: Here's another thought there to your point. Maybe you want to give scholarships to a returning member of the military Hmm. coming back to go to school. Or maybe someone has just served uh, their time uh, to the prison system and they are getting back into our community and you want to help them further their education there's there's a ton of different ways that you can help people along with the idea of scholarship so tom the answer is find a foundation that's what they do and then sign up for it dame coming up after the break let's talk about unusual expenses that come to parents that's next i'm pete the planner oh, 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 oh. Sorry. i'll stop Okay, um you want be ready for the story? Yes. So for those that missed the uh, original uh, soccer story from a couple of weeks ago, it, it went like this. I was setting up a field for my 12-year-old girl soccer team uh, that I assist with and uh, the referee was approaching the field, but the referee was backlit and the referee happened to have a high-pitched voice and uh, the person said something to me and I said, yes, ma'am. And then a half second later, I realized it was a gentleman and that was uncomfortable and it was just the beginning of our challenges with that person. <laughs> Dame this past weekend at a soccer tournament, I was setting up the field around eight in the morning. As this may not surprise you. I'm always the first person there. It drives my entire family crazy. But I can't not be the first person there. So I'm standing there in a hoodie, and a vest, because it's cold. And, you know, I want to look like Han Solo, the best that I can. had higher boots, pumpkin spice latte. I was ready for fall, y'all. And the referee, a different referee, approaches me. I am backlit. The referee says to me, ma'am.
1: I got ma'ammed. Well, I couldn't think of a better person for that to happen
2: I know and it happened and I, and then he was he was like he felt awkward he's like oh 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 sorry I didn't see you there and I was like yeah no no problem later in the game th- this I, this this is that's my karma by the way what I've just discussed is my karma and what I'm about to say make it seem like it's his karma what was after that and and I'm I'm now very hesitant to complete the story. Dame, about 35 minutes later, a referee blew out his knee during the game. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why would you say that? I know what he did. I—that's factual. I'm just like fair and balanced, man. I'm just giving you the news.
1: <sighs> he did, and I saw it happen. I helped him off the field. Did he... he you didn't take the stretcher out, I mean, as a soccer, you didn't have like two guys and a vest run out with a stretcher, and I hit him with the magic spray, yeah, and he's like he's like, no, come on, all right, <laughs> gave himself a yellow card for flopping.
0: The sins of your gender misidentification have wrecked your knee,
1: oh, that's wrong.
2: shouldn't do that no. shouldn't do that. <laughs> Okay. I feel really bad now. No, I have karma coming back my what way. You do. What were you I thinking? Know. <laughs> oh, I don't anyway. Okay.
1: Let's get back to the show. Can you just <laughs> wear can you just wear a GoPro and live stream the next game so we, we can see really it, it, it all happen? It's tonight. I got uh, God, uh <laughs> oh
2: <laughs> Danza says uh <laughs> Danza, uh a listener of the year last year. Uh, Maybe karma will uh, sling around again and you'll sit next to him on a plane and tell you about the gruesome injury. Oh, it's totally happening. I'm flying on Monday and I know I'm going to sit next to someone
1: that wants to talk. I'm going to go with the knowing glace on that one. Just make sure you're very conscious of what you watch in case it gets paused. I've told you this. I
2: wrote my first crappy book, which I'm trying to see if there's a copy of it around here. I wrote my first book because I sat next to someone on a plane that wanted to talk to me and I pulled out my laptop. I was like, Hey, I'm working on a deadline for my uh, publisher. Um, And he was like, Oh, I I had no publisher. I had no book. But in that moment I started writing a book. It was on a trip to Houston. Um, And lo and behold, that's how rude I am.
1: Wow. I didn't want to talk with somebody so much that you wrote a book. That's they, the level of laziness you can expect from me, honestly. Did they get credit in the the forward or anything? Like, it you was know, a good question. Th- thank I you too. So. I'm trying to find. I think so. I actually think
2: so. I think I mentioned that in the for Okay. Yeah. Um. Oh, in this segment where we're talking about uh, unexpected expenses for parents, is this something that you uh,
1: want to share about, or am I uh, putting this upon you? I, we braces have entered our our family. Uh, we've we've uh, been dabbling with orthodontia for a number of years, but we've finally made the full jump into uh, stuff on teeth. So, okay. we, so, can
2: I ask you about that without getting into too specifics uh, as we do our next segment, or would you rather? Sure, sure. I, I I'm very comfortable with changing details if I need to. Okay, great. Okay, in three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame, as a parent, every once in a while, there's an unusual expense that you don't expect to happen, and it happens, and then you're like, what? Well, this week at the Dunn household, your Dunn household, not mine, no relation, you had said unexpected expense, other than you probably knew it was coming for a couple months, but it's still unusual, and we are, in our Dunn household, on the verge of that exact same unusual expense, orthodontia. So Dame, whether it's orthodontia or whether it's, mom, I met the man of my dreams and we want to get married or any pain for a wedding. How is someone who is funding a college education or funding retirement or funding these different major goals, where in the world does money come from to deal with these other types of life events that you should really think about,
1: but you never do? Dame, you're a pro. Tell us about it. (laughs) Ideally, you've already got that emergency fund set aside. That is not where you get the money for this. Okay, so that was my
2: that my question. So this is not necessarily an emergency fund expense.
1: No, no, I don't think so. So if you've got your budget set up, and we hope you do, we know you do. We're talking to you. We know you do because you've been it's listening you and to me. us. You, and we. you mean you and me or just the royal we? Is this you? Oh, no, you and me. We, we talk to people. But uh and that emergency fund is is set up and ready to go but you've also got a little bit of savings built into that budget and it's going towards maybe making that emergency fund even larger or a midterm bucket or whatever the case may be you can use that cash flow every month to either shift to a different goal at that point in time or maybe uh, take some money out of a different bucket, not the emergency fund bucket, but it's a different set of mo- a pile of money you've got set aside. And I say pile like I'm Scrooge McDuck uh, in a, a tower of gold coins. Um, and you start to figure that out there. What we don't want you to do is to take it out of the emergency fund, if at all possible. Take a Even worse, take a 401k loan out of a retirement plan to fund a uh, a need such as this. And you know, cause yourself some some pain and some potential agony down the road by making a what could be a hasty, short, a short-sighted uh, decision.
2: So, Dame, when you knew that this uh, was a possibility, you, you've known for you know a little while that this could be a possibility. So it's something that you were able to plan for. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of parents, very frankly, to your, to, maybe to your point here, don't know what's coming, and it just it's here, and it's like, yeah, we're in this moment now. Uh, I will note that we are probably going in that direction for a small person in our household, which actually describes three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're using our health savings account, right? We over the years, we have built a, a pretty nice balance because it's tax advantageous to do so. We have fortunately not had a, a lot of other medical expenses. And so that's what we're using to fund ours. How? how should a person reflect upon payment plans offered uh, by, let's say, an orthodontist uh, in this example? I mean, how should someone use that to help make the decision? Should it impact the decision?
1: Uh, Look at it on its own merits, for sure. Uh, You're going to want to make sure that you've got room in your budget for this, though, first and foremost, whether you you use uh, somebody else's money or you use your own money that may already be uh, set aside in your cash flow, your normal monthly cash flow, the money's going to come from somewhere. You're going to have to either uh, replace some savings or chew up some income or pay somebody else for this. So if you're looking at a, a payment plan by an orthodontist, make sure that the terms are reasonable. Uh, you've got to make sure that you're not getting it stretched way out over a long period of time and a, a crazy interest rate. But there are um, you know, potential options for you to take advantage of in that case. I mean, they want you to do business. They're they're going to try and make sure they, they get that taken care of. And if they can help you finance that over a, a couple of years, then they're going to do that.
2: Did anyone else pick up on the fact that Dame said chew on and stretch during that explanation about orthodontia? Just me? Just, Probably. Just, just me. Uh, are you suggesting people are going
1: to buy now and pay later? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's what a lot of these are going to come down to is that, Not many people are going to, not many families, I should say, are going to um, take the time and make the effort to save for a a pair of braces or a set of braces. A pair of braces or a set of braces, right? I don't even know. Nobody knows.
2: I will say this uh, to get off track for uh, 30 seconds. Last week, we talked about buy buy now, pay later. Mm -hmm. as a very popular thing. So much so that then that same day, I read an article about Walmart eliminating Uh, layaway in lieu of buy now, pay later. Really? Yeah, it's happening. They're eliminating layaway, which is really frustrating to me. Mary Lou says it is a set of braces, not a pair of braces. Uh, Dame, let's um, move on and assume that teeth are nice looking unlike my own. And we get to the point of something like a wedding. How is the average person supposed to get their head around a wedding I mean I've, I've thought about this for years is the average person when their their kid gets to be a late teen or in the early 20s is the average person supposed to go okay let's start putting money away for that open bar or or let's let's start paying for banquet chicken like how do you how do you think about that Do you,
1: do you have to wait till the person meets someone like wh- wh- where do you go with this I I don't save for that specific goal. In our instance, I think it's easier for people to save for um, future opportunities or or expenses. Uh, so you've got that emergency fund, then you've got some other funds that will be used for... Um, maybe there's a, a, a car that you've always wanted that, that becomes available. And you've got some money set aside that you go out and buy it. Maybe there's a wedding that you know uh, will cross your fingers, eventually happen, and you want to just have some money set aside for that. Or... Uh, vacation for the whole fan. Take everybody down to Disney World, you, you, your your children, and their children as well. You just have a general fund that is being saved for, and if it gets used for uh, a wedding, so be it, a trip, whatever, a car, great. But there has to be some activity to get to that point. You have to engage in saving to make sure that that money is going to be there. I don't care if you've got it labeled specifically what it's going to be for or not.
2: You know, I have found that paying for a wedding, this is from a third-party perspective, by the way, because I've never paid for a wedding. I found when parents get in this situation that it is akin to not having money to pay for college mm-hmm. and then just writing a blank check, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, my question to you is this. Let's say you don't have an emergency fund set aside and you still want to pay for a wedding. What are the... Never break these rules rules in regards to that. Is a 401k loan an acceptable source for money to pay for a kid's wedding? I don't think so. I don't either.
1: That's hard to hear for some, but the answer is no. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Listen, you you, you want your, your kid to have a beautiful day that they'll always remember. It's not worth taking a 401k loan out in my estimation. How about a home equity line?
2: I like. I like how <laughs> this is how miserable you and I's lives are. Yeah. Is that, that absolutely tortured you to ask you that question? Can you imagine just two normal people having a conversation and I say, well, "How about taking out a home equity line?" and the person's like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> "That's how we know we're losers." Yeah, yeah. I, um, I I'm trying to view this from. A father's point of view and and also a, a financially pragmatic point of view yeah I, I we need to first of all rein in the cost of weddings if you don't have any money to spend on one don't be spending lots of money on a wedding you, you, you can have very beautiful simple weddings that don't cost very much i hate to break it to the wedding planning community but that's the case so uh home equity loan i'm not a real big fan of it i'm not all right I will, I will note this before we go to break. Um,
2: when the Pete the Planner brand sort of started around 2005, for a long time when I would, when people would sort of learn of it who didn't really know me at all, there was this assumption that I was a wedding planner. Did I ever tell you this? Uh, no. <laughs> no, so I would get you like <laughs> random emails like, can you help us plan our wedding? And I was like, no, don't do it. All right, Dame. coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week. It's a big headline this week, the biggest waste of money of the week and the current events in the news and everything else. I'm Pete the Planner. And this is the show. All right, I shorted that segment by two and a half seconds. We're going to have to let the, the radio station figure that out. Damien, you ever get in this deep into the radio show and realize that you would be well
1: served with a trip to the restroom? Oh, well, you know what? I can't see below your waist. You do whatever you need to do. Uh, very tall. Very tall a uh, cup of coffee in front of me uh, for those listening
2: on the podcast. <laughs> there's a tall cup of coffee in front of me for those watching the live stream. They just saw it. Okay. The, the, the coffee. What? Yes. 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 That's right. Okay. Um, You ready to go? I mean, anything, anything you want to hit? I mean, this is sort of our last hurrah before we hit this segment and say, stay getting money at the end. Anything you want to get out before then? Uh, uh. I hate
1: to even say this out loud. I'm so conflicted. Are you going to use the voice for Stay Getting Money this week? Uh, Stay getting money. That? Yeah, that voice. I don't know.
2: Oh, yeah. I I will close with it in a spooky way. It's only right. Yeah. Yeah. Not not that you're forcing it. Going back to soccer and braces for a second. So at the end of practice, sometimes I, I have individual packs of gummy bears that I bribe the girls with if they had a good practice. And last night, uh, one of the girls on the team got new braces, and so I went to hand her gummy bears, and she couldn't have them, and I felt instantly bad. But then I remembered I had Nerds in my soccer bag, and I gave her Nerds. It, it, you know, I, I just realize I'm—I feel this sounds real strange. I'm plying children with candy. candy. Yeah, it's wrong. Do you have a van that you drive to the practice? <laughs> I I ride my mountain bike. You know what's <laughs> weird is to be someone in Indiana who is is like. I'm mountain bike. <laughs> it's like, no, I rode down the suburbs to a soccer complex. I'd say, is it a mountain? bike? like, why would I call it my Trek 800 from 1999? I'm 1995. Why would I call that a mountain bike? Just call it a commuter. Uh, it seems like a little upscale.
1: Does it have any suspension on it? Uh, no, that's a commuter. Hmm.
2: Okay. Here we go. In, uh, three, Two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show is every week we have something called the Blom. Biggest waste of money. This week's biggest waste of money of the week is Danish artist Jens Honig has made off with $84,000 from a modern art museum in Denmark as part of a self-described conceptual artwork titled Take the Money and Run. The Kunsten Museum of Modern Art in Northern Denmark originally commissioned Honig to recreate two of his earlier works as part of its work it Out" exhibition. The works, which were initially showcased in 2007, consisted of two canvases encased in glass that contained that average income of Denmark and Austria as real banknotes. All right. Lars Andersen, director of the museum, told Danish national broadcaster DR that the museum did lend Honig 534,000 Danish kroner to recreate the works, but that it had contractually agreed that the money must be returned when the exhibition ends in January 2022. When museum employees opened the two packages from Honig, however, they were surprised to find empty glass frames. The $84,000 was nowhere to be found. So, how great... Is that dame? The museum gave an artist $84,000 for a piece of art, and part of the conceptual art was to take the $84,000 that was displayed in the art. I I, dare I say, genius.
1: Yeah, I think I saw this article. Maybe it was a different uh, publication that that put it out, but wasn't the name of this, uh, Take the Money and Run?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what that's the name. That's what I just said. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um,
1: do you view this to be theft? You can get away with a lot of things calling it art these days. And uh, <laughs> I love art, too. I, but... I, I really don't know where you draw the line in, in some of these instances. So I call it a cost of doing business with artists these days.
2: What's in the news
1: this week? On Wednesday, Compound, that's a Bitcoin trading platform thing, uh, rolled out what should have been a pretty standard upgrade. But soon after implementation, it was clear that something had gone seriously wrong. About $90.1 million had mistakenly been sent to users. Now, the founder is making a plea and issuing a few threats to incentivize the voluntary return of the platform's crypto tokens. Now, if you're threatening, does it become voluntary? I... I It feels a little weird. You ask the NFLPA. Yeah. (laughs) So, by the way, before
2: you give the details of which I love of this story, I'm going to say, as of right now,
1: this is my favorite news story of the year. Continue. Yeah, so $90.1 million sent out. Uh, If you received a large, incorrect amount of comp from the Compound Protocol era, please return it, Robert Lesher, founder of Compound Labs, tweeted late Thursday. Keep 10% as a white hat. Otherwise, it's being reported to the as income to the IRS, and most of you are doxxed. Continued okay. the tweet. Okay. So there's a lot to go through there. Um,
2: and I don't know. I mean, we're going to talk about this because I don't fully understand it. So, Dame, giant mistake with all this crypto stuff. Money goes out to the users, but because you can't trace stuff and they can't just pull it back because that's the whole point right? It's this anonymous Mm. currency that he can't just get it back. He can't reverse those transactions. And then he can't necessarily find those people because of the nature of anonymity within cryptocurrency, theoretically. All right. So there's that. And he's saying, okay, if it happened, just keep 10%. We're sorry. uh, And we'll call it a white hat, which is for doing a good thing, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. But if you don't do that, the money that is income the rest of it will be reported or all of it will be reported to the IRS. Wouldn't the white hat itself be
1: reported to the IRS? Uh, you would think, but maybe they're just saying, hey, you know, we'll just keep that between you and me. Just give us 90% of what we accidentally sent you back and you know, just keep that that cash. Yes, should it be? Yeah, it should. It should be reported as income. Will it be? No, of course not. And then we
2: will dox you. Now, damn I am not a big, like, internet person other than i am destroying my family in fantasy football i'm three and o, beat my hmm. kids and my wife at football yes. fantasy anyway um doxed basically means expose someone's personal information online for so others can bully them and harass them am i correct yes that's quite the business model
1: Yeah, great business model. And do you really think anybody's going to feel bad for the people that kept the money? Not after being threatened. Uh,
2: This is the best business story of the year on this show. No one can top it. It's got everything. It's got crypto. It's got the ills of crypto. It's got uh, the use of the terms white hat threatening to report people to the IRS despite not actually reporting the irs the income that comes via the white hat and threatening public humiliation and bullying that is everything this show is about
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just for some perspective compound by the way is the world's fifth largest decentralized financial uh, protocol they have a total value of like nine and a half billion dollars so 90 million dollars Not a big deal. A lot of money, but not a big deal to them. They should be able to absorb this. So they are out there um, (laughs) taking the exactly wrong approach to getting this rectified. What else is in the news? Pandemic discount? We hardly knew ye. Rental prices in the U.S. are skyrocketing. The median national rent for one-bedroom apartment is up 10.7% from March 2020, while two bedrooms are up 13%, according to... The Zumper National Rent Report. I'm sorry. Did you say the Zumper National Rent Report? Yeah, you didn't. You don't get the emails? Can you spell Zumper? It's spelled just like it sounds. Give Z-U-M-P-E-R. it a shot. Z-U-M-P-E-R? You are exactly correct. The Zumper National Rent Report. Yeah, it's the gold standard.
2: <laughs> Is anyone surprised by this? I, I, I'm i not uh, downplaying the ill effects of having a, a rent increase uh, nationally. But it is not at all surprising, given the uh, eviction moratorium that the landlords just went through for the
1: last year and a half. Well, no, I I think that makes perfect sense. But but here's the flip side to that coin. When the Supreme Court decided to strike down a federal ban on evictions in August, lawmakers and housing experts mentioned uh, a slew of devastating metaphors, cliff, tsunami, tidal wave, to describe the national eviction crisis they saw coming. One month later, however, many of those same authorities find themselves wondering, where is it? It hasn't happened, Pete. It hasn't happened. So wait a second. You just said there's a 10% increase.
2: Isn't, but they're saying that's not big enough to be considered the tsunami?
1: People aren't getting evicted. They're just getting their rents raised.
2: Oh. Okay, I got it. People aren't getting booted on the street, but they are going to have the juice turned up on them, which eventually will lead to them out on the street. That would Man. be my guess. What's Zumper think? <laughs> so uh, I, okay. Couldn't well, be reached well, for details. Yes, that's Zapper National Red.
1: What else is in the news? As teenagers navigate matters of love and money, a troubling percentage of young relationships are showing signs of financial abuse. Some 31% of U.S. teens aged 13 to 18 have flagged the signals of financial abuse, which may be controlling a partner's ability to receive, spend, or save money, according to a study from Junior Achievement and the Allstate Foundation. 13 to 18, there's financial abuse for people 13 to 18? 31% of US teens age 13 to 18. What? I, okay.
2: How? How can a 13 and 18 year old be um, like financial abuse is very real and horrible. And, and by the way, our, our team works through these sorts of situations all the time because we acknowledge that it's real and we can help people with it. But how does a 13 and an 18 through 18 year olds experience financial abuse? Are, from parents or from, from love
1: interests? You said from love interests. Yeah, both teen girls and boys reported a partner had stopped them from going to school or work or their partner has told them what they could or could not purchase.
2: I, You know, this is one of those things that I'm just going to chalk up to I just don't understand it as opposed to saying it's not a thing, right? Because, I mean, what what does it matter if I think it's a thing or not if it's a thing?
1: Yeah.
2: <sighs> That's disturbing. Financial abuse is real and it's awful, and uh, that's too bad. So on that up note, Dame, I hope you had a good week. I did. Sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the Pete the Planner show.
1: No, but seriously, like how? More than one-third of teens felt pressure to say yes when a partner asked them for money, with boys feeling more compelled, 41%, than girls, 34%. wait,
2: wait, wait, wait. wait, wait boys felt more compelled to give the money to the girls so the girls are financially bullying the boys
1: they're asking for, they're asking their boyfriends for money so young teen girls are financially abusing teen boys there's also more of a push among um, asian 40% hispanic 44% and black 45% teens more of a de- more of a issue in those yeah interesting
2: yeah, I mean, look, hey, I'm glad I came down with my position when we were actually on the radio there. Like, I just don't understand it. I'm not saying it's not happening. I just yeah.
1: don't understand it. Yeah. Wow. Um, more than more than half of teens have heard caregivers arguing about money over the past month. These spats have included issues like spending too much, which is 45% of the time, bills costing more than expected, 37 needing more funds, 34%, and a large expense, 32%. All right, here's what we're going to do. I want you to think back to your high school days.
2: Dating Dame, as we called him. He'd go around dating people. Mm-hmm. It was very popular in the community. I want you to think of the financial dynamics of those relationships, Dame. We're not naming names. No one you know listens to this show. <laughs> um what were the average sort of financial dynamics of, of a date or a relationship that you were in? I mean, in comparison to uh, teen girls bullying teen boys, um, especially in minority communities, according to this report, like w- what did a typical financial situation on a date with Damien Dunn look like?
1: I I paid for it. Uh, That's what I did.
2: Right. Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm a big surprise. You and I are on the same page. Yeah. Um, and we are not suggesting that is good or bad, or no. it should just be like it used to be. But I, I, I think I paid for pretty much every date I went on. I remember one. Oh, do I want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not doing that, <laughs> which is unusual. Yeah, I will do it after the show. Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, went through money that particular way, and even in college, um, Mrs. Planner and I, you know, met the first week of college and began dating, and that was expensive to, you know, have that relationship. Even talking to a coworker here now who's in a new exciting relationship, it's like it's just expensive to get that started. And I, I guess what I'm hearing here is that. Those dynamics have changed because now people share those expenses. It's not so one-sided or is the bullying in in sort of reaction to the fact that that had shifted? That's what I'm trying to get my head around. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's more data out there if I wanted to go find it for you. Danza I makes mean, probably the point of the year. This This puts Danza in the lead for listener of the year two years in a row. Danza notes, you can't see Ollie Strong arming a boyfriend for money so she can get the thousand dollar iPhone she needs that her lame dad won't buy. Great point. Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Right. That's totally happening. Yeah. I was the I would I made the lamest math teacher joke um to the soccer girls last night. I I was talking to them. I was at CVS and I was going to buy them Tic Tacs because they're always talking about making Tic Tacs, Tic Tacs. And uh, it's an easy joke. And they all laughed and thought it was really funny. But then afterwards, I was like, how is cheap? I mean, that's a cheap joke. Right. Yeah. It was too easy. It's like, I'm better than that, but I'm right. clearly not. That's all right. so my like, like, math teacher joke? Well, math teachers have a certain style of jokes. They're just sort of corny. and In fact, yeah, right. One of the girls on the team a couple weeks ago, she was like, you're a math teacher, right? And I'm like, no. I was like, (laughs) why? She was like, because you seem like a math teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? All math teacher jokes count. Uh, How excited are you for what you're going to hear when we go off the air? Very. And the good thing is I don't have to clean any of it up. I guess we're in the workplace, though. I'm technically your employer, so maybe I, I do need to clean it up.
1: Yeah, we, we can, let's just uh, clock out. <laughs> let, yeah. Let's clock out. We're going to say we're going to go to lunch uh, virtually as friends. Just, just for a minute. Oh my God. It's
2: a, I've told the story over the years, but I've gotten to the point as a 43 year old man, I've stopped telling it because it's like, yeah, I probably should stop telling this story. Yeah.
1: One more uh, time. Yeah.
2: One more time. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, Hey, thanks for uh, listening. Oh, I got to get spooky here real quick. I send everyone out on a spooky note.
0: I hope this show changed your life forever. The haunted nature of your financial life should not
2: um, to do. <laughs> <laughs> not stop. like I like as a former improv comedian, like sometimes you hit the wall and I just did it in front of all of you. Stay getting money, y'all.